Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hi friends, welcome back to In The Pink with me, Natalie Pinkham. Now, many of you will know that I've taken on this golf challenge, which quite frankly, is really hard. I have to learn golf from scratch in five months. So having never hit a golf ball, I've then got to take part in a competition with three other girls, Bella Shah, Fleur East and Helen Skelton. And then the winner of that plays in the BMW PGA Pro-Am in September. Not much to ask then. Anyway, I've had great joy in getting to know the three girls who've come on this journey with me and I've interviewed each of them for In The Pink. So next up, it is Bella Shah, who is obviously my colleague at Sky Sports. And you can see her most mornings on Sky Sports News. She is wonderful. And what many of you won't know is that she didn't actually start out in broadcasting at all Hear her story here in in the pink very shortly. Now, I should just add that we use the term woman of colour. And I know some people aren't comfortable with that, but I spoke to Bella about it. And it is something that um, she uses and a term that she identifies with. So um, apologies if in any way it offends anyone, but that is something that she's comfortable with. I just thought it was important to mention that before we start. So here we go. Bella Shaw on In The Pink. Take it away, Bella. Hello, Bella Shaw. How are you? (laughs) Really good. Really excited to chat to you. I want to know all about your golf as well as everything about me and what's been going on. It's just been wild, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a fact-finding mission. So um, for anyone listening who doesn't know, Bella and I are taking on a golf challenge. Neither of us have ever hit a golf ball before. But we have committed to spending the next few months learning. And then we, along with Fleur East and Helen Skelton, have to play each other in August, September time with the view to whoever wins that has to play in the BMW PGA Pro-Am in September at Wentworth in front of tens of thousands of people. Even saying that makes me feel a bit sick. How about you? Yeah, honestly, the thought of that, I think, and I know a lot of people say, oh, it's not going to be me. It's not going to be me. It's actually not going to be me. So I, I'm not as nervous because I just think is is de- I just want to get a respectable score. I just want to learn the basics and get a respectable score and not embarrass myself. 
Bella, you don't know that. And you don't know what's going to happen. We could, even if you don't win it, everyone could come down with food poisoning and you have to play. So listen. Oh my God, no, it's, I, it will be amazing to play, but the, the nerves, can you imagine? I get nervous just on the driving range now when I've got next to me. I know. It was quite funny the other day because I've got a great coach in Jimmy Irons and uh, he took me out on, at Duke's Meadow, the, the par three, near where we both live. And um, he said, look, this is the best place to have your first ever round of golf. There was a 12-year-old boy standing behind me and I said, what is he looking at? And he said, he's not looking, he's waiting. <laughs> he said, you're just holding him up. I was like, I can't cope with the pressure of a 12-year-old boy let alone so a throng of, of golf fans, plus all the pros and, oh my God. Anyway, um, so so how hard a journey have you found it? Um, how kind of compelling is it as a sport for you? And, you know, you spend your life talking about golf and other sports. It must be quite nice to be throwing yourself into actually learning it. It's really nice to be learning it because I think had we not done this challenge, I never would have had lessons to take up golf at this point in my life and just, you know, be thrown into it so much because you have to dedicate the time. And that's where a lot of people fall down in their golf journeys is what I've been hearing people that play just recreationally is that they don't have the time to keep, you know, having the lessons and following up the practice. So we have to commit the time. So that's one really good thing. And Obviously, we started in lockdown, didn't we? So having the putting mat and the net was quite a nice sort of introduction to it, I think. I've actually really enjoyed putting, which I know everyone says, oh, drive for show, putt for dough, if one more person tells me that. Um, but I've, I actually quite like the putting, but I'm obviously doing it in my like back room where there's no wind and I'm using like the same distance and the same hole. So the slope and everything is the same when it comes to the actual course, we'll see what happens. But it's been so fun learning something new and just a different challenge. And it is hard though, I'm not gonna lie. It's a lot harder than I thought. I've got a newfound respect for golfers. Not that I didn't respect them before, but even more so just of how difficult it is. The amount of thought that goes in before you've even hit the ball is a joke, isn't it? And I don't have much power. I know you're a hockey girl, which I keep telling everyone, like, oh yeah, Natalie played hockey. She's going to be amazing. She's going to be smashing it off the tee. But I, that's my one thing that I was like, oh, I, you know, I don't have the power. How am I going to get the distance with the, to even get it to get to the putting bit, which is a bit that I actually quite like. So that's the bit I'm, you know, a bit worried about. But I have to say that I've had so many messages from people, a lot of young girls and women who've just said to me that this looks amazing. I, you know, I'm going to start learning. I'm going to get onto the golf course. I'm going to go to the driving range. So that's really good because that's the point of it. We want to encourage more women and girls. So I'm really glad, <clears throat> excuse me, so I'm really glad that that's happening and that people are enjoying watching our journey. I'm just like sad that we don't get to spend more time together because we're obviously training separately. Yeah, no, listen, I couldn't agree more. And I think that women's sport has taken such a battering over COVID. I mean, it really has been a massive victim of COVID. I know that, you know, there's no sport or industry that hasn't been affected, but it feels to me as if women's sport has been, you know, to to an extraordinary extent. And so if this goes anyway, just to encouraging women to, to get out and, you know, go out of their comfort zones and, and get active and get out there. But um, I, t I listen, I totally agree with you about this newfound respect because I find myself watching golf now in a completely different way, thinking, yes. well, that, what he or she just did then 
was exceptional because, <laughs> you know, and unlike you, I cannot putt. I find that the hardest bit. Really? I, yeah, I don't mind off the tee because I kind of, I, I find it quite therapeutic. I find, you know, like, Uh, take my frustrations out of the driving range and then and then I get I get anywhere close to the green and I'm just like overhitting it and I've got no direction at all I've just got power and no skill <laughs> yeah but the power I think at least you'll get it you'll get it closer to where you need to be oh, I, how many shots am I going to take to even get it to be able to part it's all very well having power but if it ends up in the trees every time <laughs> It's like my golf coach got me this really little emoji. What's that? I find chipping really hard. Really hard. My coach, Alice, she just does this tiny, like delicate little movement and it just goes nice little shape. And I just can't do it. I'm just trying to like move it up with my club. <laughs> She's like, no, it's just it's it's just wild just how difficult it is, but they make it look so easy, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think of all the sports, it's one that you can take up at any stage of your life. And my dad just turned 78. I can't believe oh, he's so wow. old. And for his birthday present, I bought him some golf lessons with Jimmy. So he is going to oh. come with me. He's, he's, he's never played golf. And he said, well, you know what? It's never too late to take it up. And I think that's that is the point, isn't it? Um, Definitely. You know, get out of your comfort zone, do something a bit different. And you never know, you might just love it. But, yeah, um... where I'm practicing at Royal Mid, it's got like one of the largest ladies sections in Europe, I think. And there's so many women that play there that I've just sort of been mingling with and saying hello to. And there's so many older women there, which is so lovely to see. And they've been so nice. They just want to see like how I'm getting on. But they're like, don't worry. It is the most frustrating game. If you're, if you're feeling frustrated, don't worry. That's normal. So I was like, thank God, because yes, it is very frustrating. But fun, it's really fun. And how are you finding it fitting into the day job? Because presumably it is quite a nice fit. You know, you, you, you go to work in the mornings and then you you know where your, uh, how your schedule kind of plays out and you can sort of factor in golf in the afternoons. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But the thing is, because I do shift work, so I could be doing an early morning shift, a late night shift, right. you know, we do a lot of weekends. So, but it has been fine fitting it in because my, uh, my course I'm practicing at is only about 10 minutes from work. And it's also, we do four days a week. I work four days a week. So I have got days off. So it's quite nice to just sort of do a mixture of times. I, I went the other day to the course at, I think it was 5.30 in the evening. And it was so nice. Like it was like sort of sunset time. It was really quiet. There was a little fox running around. Like, I was just like, watch out, dude. Because, honestly, I don't know what direction this ball's going to go in. But um, it was, yeah, so it was really nice to do different times of day. I think I quite prefer, like, the early mornings or, like, the, the later sort of evenings where it's sort of, like, you know, just sun setting. And it's just really nice. Because golf courses are such lovely places to be, aren't they? They're beautiful. And it's it's so peaceful just, like, walking around and then, obviously, I pick up the club and I'm like, like stress. <laughs> I know I was going to say they're peaceful until we get onto them. I don't find them <laughs> peaceful when I'm actually on one. Um, and, and and tell me about work because I love your story and I don't know how many people know it, but you started out life, uh, professional life, as a solicitor. You know, you're a lawyer for for ITV Sports. You were combining your 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 day job, if you like, with your passion, which is sport. And um, tell us how that all started. Yeah, it's really strange. A lot of people say to me that, oh, most people go the other way, like from journalism to law. But 
I, I always loved law when I was younger. I used to I used to stay up and watch like legal dramas. My mum used to be just like, oh my God, this child. I used to just be obsessed. I was obsessed with A Few Good Men, that Tom Cruise film and like courtroom dramas. You can't just, handle the truth. You can't handle the truth, literally. I was obsessed with legal films and I always knew that I had an interest in it. I loved sport when I was younger. I used to play a lot of like netball. I used to play rounders. I used to do swimming when I was younger, like to quite a good level um, and watch it on the TV with my dad all the time as well. But I never thought that I would be able to have a career in sport in, in a sense, not as an athlete, but in terms of presenting or as a journalist, I just thought, oh, you need to know somebody in the industry or you need to have played it or, you know, I just didn't think it was really a viable career. And obviously, because I loved law, I thought, well, I'll go down that route. So I did. So I, I went to university, studied law. I did my LPC afterwards to train to become a solicitor. And then it was really hard for me to find a training contract, which I know a lot of people find quite difficult. So I started work and I started in the media. So I started work at Discovery Channel and then I moved to ITV and I worked at ITV Sport. And that was great because I got to be in sports, even though it was in the legal department. And it was more contracts that I was doing. So not contentious stuff in court but I would be helping to negotiate and draft contracts, programme contracts. So for the World Cup, which we used to share with the BBC, where ITV, Champions League, ITV had the rights to that, then boxing, super bikes, you know, lots of different sports. And it was really nice to see that side of it. And then I would do talent contracts as well. And I used to think, oh, wow, like imagine, you know, that that is something that I would love to do. I would love to be a presenter. I'd love to be a reporter. Um, and then a few years into that, the department was going through a bit of a restructure and, you know, they were thinking about merging sort of entertainment and sport and different, different ways to do things. And I was speaking to my husband about it and he said, you know, well, he wasn't my husband then, but he is now. And um, he was saying, if you want to change career, you know, now is the time when like, you know, the department's going through these changes, you know, why don't you just try it? So I applied for a broadcast journalism diploma place and got accepted so I just thought okay this is a sign because I I didn't put that much effort into the application I just thought oh I'll just apply it was like very rushed I thought okay I've got in I did the course I absolutely loved it like straight away I just knew but it was strange because I was a mature student so going back to study I quit my job went back to study um I like had to take a loan out to help me fund it you know I had like my parents helped to help me a little bit I was living at home so they could help support me a bit they were just like do it you know you only so, get so how old were you at this stage so I was 29 right that's so cool and they said to me that you've always got law to fall back on you know you can you can always go back to being a lawyer. You're qualified to this. If you don't like it, if you don't, you know, enjoy it, it's not for you. You can always go back. So mm. just try it. So I thought, you know what, they're right. So I did. And as soon as I started doing it, I just knew that it was great. And I loved it. But because it was, because I was a mature student, it was like a second career for me. I wanted to hit the ground running. So I wanted to quickly find what area do I want to go into? And I knew that it was presenting. And when I used to go for like work experience days, they used to always say to me like, you've got a good voice, you should do news reading, you should do presenting. So that was good. So I felt like, right, I've got my niche. I need to just really focus on that. I did loads of work experience. I sent hundreds and hundreds of like emails, letters. I went to any place. Sometimes, Natty, I would drive to places so far that my petrol and my parking would actually cost more than my shift rate. 
because it was just but it was just about getting the experience it was never about the money you know it was always about I need to just get my experience build my experience and then I can progress you know to the places where I really want to work and when I started it's so crazy my husband said to me if you could work at any place where would you want to work what would be the ultimate goal and I said well you know the ultimate goal but it would never happen he was like what is it and I said it would be presenting on Sky Sports News and so it sounds so cheesy and cringe but it is my dream job I'm actually doing my dream job so it doesn't sound cheesy at all I think it sounds hugely inspiring and motivating for any young men or women listening to this or indeed not even that young because you've proved that you can have a change of direction and and that you know I think a lot of people particularly through lockdown will have been really reflecting on their lives and quite introspective and start to you know wonder am I on the right trajectory in my life can I make changes to it and and you're proving that you can and that you should and that you can fulfill those dreams I think it's amazing you 100% should because the thing you always think oh it's going to take so long and I've already invested so much time what I'm doing but none of those things go to waste all the things you've done before are still with you they're still skills that you can use transferable skills that you can use in life in your new career whatever it might be so I just think people should never feel like oh I've already spent so much time investing in this and that's whether it's a job you know a relationship a friendship whatever it is never feel like that because Mm -hmm. you can always take like the lessons and skills that you've learned into your next journey that's what I think I could not agree more and I think actually Without getting all deep, um, it's a really good point about relationships as well, because I know a few people, again, have struggled through lockdown with relationships. And to throw the towel in on a relationship or a marriage uh, or friendship or anything that sort of feels like it might have come to a bit of a head through these crazy times, um, again, there is so much that you can take from that experience, so many lessons that you will have learned that have made you a better person. It doesn't mean that you failed um, because you walk away or indeed if you go back, you know. So yeah, very, very good point. Because actually it's more of a risk. It's more of a, it's, when, I, when you talk about people thinking they failed, they failed at something because you know they haven't done it, but it's, it's harder to leave and, and, and do something, but it's brave. It's a brave thing to do. Mm. To, to change your career or change your relationship or change your situation mm. um, and it, it does take courage because it is a bit you know it is a bit of a risk but it's so liberating when you do it absolutely um, and I would say that your legal background is um, such a refreshing and useful foundation for what you do now I bet there's so much that you tap into that but maybe coming down the traditional broadcasting route they don't benefit from that people that have come on that journey um you know you're able to tap into a sort of bed of knowledge if you like that's really useful particularly i you know i'm thinking about um the recent developments in football i bet your legal background in that has been really handy yeah definitely because you working at itv and doing the contracts around programming and production and things like that you understand the sort of 360 of how a program is put together or produced or how an, an event is put together or a competition a tournament how how all the different moving parts fit together so you see the behind the scenes of how it works and in terms of rights as well in terms of tv rights and online rights and things have evolved quite a bit now because there's everything is streamed and YouTube and social media and things like that. 
but it's it's very interesting seeing it from that side definitely and you you, you understand all of the aspects of mm. sport as a whole not just and, and and all the while underpinned by being a fan because i think that's the thing that you know particularly in recent uh, days and weeks has been lost is what really matters is um is the are the fans and 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 the grassroots level of the sport, which sometimes when when all the commercial aspects get thrown into the mix, um, can get forgotten. Yeah, um, absolutely. Now, one of the things I am most proud of of Sky Sports um, has been their stance against online hate and um, anti-racism and the approach that they've taken, a sort of unified approach against bullying. Um, I know that you've been involved with that as well. We were both involved in the initial yeah. uh, video about it. So just starting off from your own experience, what has that been like? What sort of journey have you come on to sort of combat it? Do you know what? I think for, for me, since I started presenting um, and reporting, the, the racism, sexism, I haven't experienced a whole lot of it. But Black Lives Matter movement really made everyone stop and it brought to the surface a lot of experiences that some of the things that I had never even thought about again since they had happened. So they had happened and then they'd, I'd forgotten about them. And it brought to the surface a lot of experiences dating back till to when I was so young. It was It was really strange, actually, because all these things that had happened really just came to the forefront. Um, and made me stop and think. And maybe at the time I'd suppressed them and just thought, oh, you know, it's just, just batted them away. Mm. But they were still there because they all came back and it wasn't like I was looking for them. They just all came to the surface. Oh. But my experience has been more. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It hasn't really been online, if I'm being honest with you. Mm. So I ha I I've experienced, you know, a few comments of 
sexism and racism, but but more like, oh, you're ticking two boxes or, um, you know, just think that sort of thing. Mm. But, you know, but, but you know, it, my experience that comes more to the f- forefront is being in a newsroom somewhere that I worked previously um, and, and, and being told face to face that you're ticking two boxes um, or you know why you got this job because, you know, you're ticking two boxes or, you know, that sort of thing. And or, or being mistaken for the only other Asian girl working in, in the newsroom, you know, that mm. that sort of thing. Mm. It, it, it's been more that those I say subtle. But it's not really subtle, is it? But, but it is more. Subtle. It's is not overt. Yeah, it's like everyday racism. Every, every day, day. Exactly. Racism. But I have seen a lot of racism and sexism online. My colleagues and around the Black Lives Matter movement time, when I was posting more of that type of content, I did get some replies of, you know, all lives matter, white lives matter, and just that sense of people not really understanding what we're trying to say or what the message was. But I've never had anything that overt online. Um, I don't have a huge amount of followers either. So, you know, I think that probably is something toward that the reason why as well. I know a lot of my colleagues that have had, especially women, that have had a lot of negativity online. And it's really hard, isn't it? Because not very many people get to do our jobs. We're so lucky to be able to do the jobs that we're doing, to be able to work at Sky. And for me, I feel like <clears throat> having changed career and still being able to work there, not it's not something I started trying to do when I was 20 and you know eventually got there. It took time and it took perseverance and hard work, don't get me wrong, but to do it as a second career, I feel so lucky and grateful to be there. And there's so, so there's not that many people that get to do it, their dream job. And then to just have it tarnished by a minority. Um, interesting, isn't it? Because, well, a couple of, couple of thoughts is that even if you are there to tick a box, that should make you immensely proud. I mean, I'm a woman in Formula One and there are very few of us. And therefore I feel a responsibility to represent women. And, you know, I'm not sort of trying to make grand gestures here, but I feel that unless I leave the sport with more women coming in, I won't have done a good enough job. Mm. And that presumably is how you feel as well, that there needs to be more women, uh, more women of colour coming in to sport um, and to... And, and to every sort of part of working life into the boardrooms and smashing Definitely. the ceiling because I don't feel that we will have banged the drum loud enough unless that happens. Absolutely. But one thing I'm quite interested to know from you though is when anyone says overtly or behind a, a computer, you know, you're ticking, but you're just there because you're ticking boxes. Does that in any way make you want to work harder and prove them wrong or do you, are you able just to soak that up and do the job you're going to do anyway? Do you know what? I think had I started in the industry younger, I think it would have affected me a lot more because I feel like I've had a bit more life experience. Um, I I was able to handle it better. And also um, the, the experience that I had face to face was, oh, you know how you got, it was to do with a presenting job, the new reading job. And 
I knew without trying to sound arrogant, I knew that news reading was my strength. I knew it was. I knew that I was a good news reader. Had they tried to criticise my reporting or my online articles, you know, I'd be like, okay, well, yeah, they've got a point. I'm not that great at that. But I knew, I had confidence in my abilities as a presenter and as a newsreader that, you know, I knew that I was good at what I was doing. I knew that I understood the stories. I'd written the stories well. I presented them well. I delivered them well. So it didn't affect me in that sense. I knew in that sense that, okay, I know where this is coming from. Mm. But like I said, I don't know if I would have had that same confidence if I was younger mm. and not had that life experience. And also it's intimidating, isn't it? It, it? it was men that said it to me, obviously. And so if I was younger, I probably would have just not known how to deal with it. Mm. That is but, so true. That's so true because if someone criticised me and hits a bit of a nerve, you know, perhaps they question my knowledge on something really technical in Formula One. I get, I, I sort of panic thinking, oh my God, you know, you get the imposter syndrome. You think I've been outed, I've been discovered as a fraud. Yeah. But if they go at you at something that you know in your heart, there's nothing uh, more you could have done and more, you actually yeah. recognise that it's, it is without a doubt a projection of their own issues and insecurities. And I think that's the message that I want to give any sort of young aspiring men or women that perhaps lack a bit of confidence because it seems to me that your confidence grew and therefore you in it, you came into your perfect industry exactly the right time it was like you yeah. the stars were aligned and yeah, that's absolutely that's amazing because you can put your shoulders back and walk with confidence and and but don't get me wrong you know working at sky sports news was is, is very different rolling news is very different and as you know sky sports news covers everything and so in terms of knowledge it, it's hard because you have to know at least the basics of something that you might not watch every day on tv or follow in your personal life so there is still that issue of right I need to make sure that my knowledge is good on xyz because it might not be that you're told oh on Tuesday you're going to be talking about this something might just happen and break and you need to know the context or you know the at least the basics around it so there is still that you know issue of uh I have the confidence of my abilities in presenting but you know I don't know everything I'm never going to know everything pronunciations you know I'm never going to know all of the North Macedonian team and how to pronounce their names. I'm just not. Um, Come on, Bella, why not? <laughs> I should have got a poster on your wall. You're right, I should. Um, <laughs> no, it's, but, it's, but it's so true, isn't it? And I think that, you know, I think a lot of people um, fail to have enough respect for that because what you do is bloody hard. And um, what we need to remember is that we might be talking about a sport that we don't necessarily watch every day. But to someone, it's their life, it's their religion, exactly. it's everything. And if you mispronounce a word, it matters to them. It does. Suddenly in that moment. And I think that's something that blokes don't get unstuck over in, to the same extent. Because they're, they're, they're much more forgiving. They'll say, oh, it was just a hiccup. Whereas they're very quick to say, well, it, she obviously doesn't know her stuff. You know, and, and, and exactly, yeah. then tarnished with that brush, which is really, which is really wrong. But That's exactly. I mean, and you know what it's like because... At Sky Sports News, we've got our studio in the middle of the newsroom. So at the moment, that we don't have as many people in because of COVID. But otherwise, it would be buzzing with loads of people. So when I first started working there, you've got that added pressure of 
everyone watching you they're yeah. not they're getting on with their work but you it's feel a goldfish bowl it is it is, yeah. it is. And, and you must feel like that you know when you're reporting doing your interviews and you've got so many crowds and people around you what you know and you you just have to phase everything out and focus on what you're doing but I still remember that first shift that I ever did on good morning sports fans and when I I was so I can't even tell you how over the moon I was when I'd finished it like I got home and because it was 10 in the morning or whatever I was on my own so I got home I put it on and I just lit and I just like I can't believe like I've done I was like whatever happens now doesn't matter because I did one shift on Sky Sports News and I watched it back and Natalie I was so high pitched for the whole three hours because it was all that adrenaline and I was just so excited and when I watch it back I put it was such a big moment for me. It was honestly, it was like dream come true. So, but yeah, hopefully I've t- t- tuned it down a little bit since then. <laughs> well, look, all of the things that you've said have shown me why you're such a great candidate for the, the golf challenge, because you are prepared to go out of your comfort zone, try something new, something that scares you a bit. What is it that Eleanor Roosevelt said? Do something every day that scares you. And yeah. it's, it's true, isn't it? And it's, um, it's fantastic. And I, well, look, I'm honoured to be doing the challenge with you. And I think your career is is going so well. And, you know, from the outside looking in, you're smashing it. Oh, well, you're smashing it. And you're smashing those balls off the tee as well, aren't you? In the wrong direction, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just, I'm just glad that we can um, at least have some time together as well as a four. I know it's a competition and we're all against each other, but, you know, nah. it's such a great group of girls. It really is. It really is. And it really handy. it's really handy that we have a gin sponsor because if uh, all else fails, we can just drink together. <laughs> it's such a social thing, though, isn't it? Round of golf, few drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Bella, thank you so much for your time. You're a superstar. Thank you, Bella. Thank you for your time. And hopefully it gives anyone who's thinking of a career change inspiration to do just that. I think lockdown has given us all plenty of time to think and uh, plan and hopefully aspire to do what we're really passionate about. So Bella is a brilliant example of someone who has done just that and is now living the dream. Uh, Bella, you're fantastic. Now, we have heard from Fleur East, we've heard from Bella Shah, and next week it will be Helen Skelton, who is a bundle of energy and an amazing can-do attitude. I think you're going to love our conversation. So yes, Helen, it's coming up on In The Pink next week. Make sure that you rate, review and subscribe and tag in any friends if you want to be in with the chance of winning some Bose goodies. Thank you for your company. Until next week, I will see you soon and speak soon here on In The Pink. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.